Okay. Hi, welcome back to this channel. My name is Susan Silentoy. As you know, the aim of this channel is to offer information about how government works and why systems are set up the way they are. This is with the intention to give us the clarity about the role that we need to play in improving the governance in our country. And through this, we can create a politically empowered generation. All right, so please like, subscribe, and share. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about government debt. And we're going to try and address this by covering a few questions. And these questions include, why do we borrow? Who decides how much we can borrow? Who approves it? When is this done? <laughs> and then we'll cover some of the impact of borrowing and accumulating debt. And then finally, we'll see how we can plug into this whole process. All right, so let's start. Why do we borrow? We borrow for various reasons. Now, the first reason we borrow is because of something we call a budget deficit. Now, this just means that the amount of money that we would like to spend as a government is more than the amount of money that we would like we that we would collect in taxes. So we borrow due to jazi that's the first reason we borrow. Second one is we borrow because we would like to venture into projects that are expected to help our economy grow and help us make more money. So so we we borrow for things like infrastructure projects such as roads, you know, railways such as SGR, ports like the one in Lamu. It's just like how you would borrow for your own things. Same thing. The other reason why we borrow is we borrow to pay back old debt. So maybe we had borrowed some money in 1989. We had a period of 30 years to pay it back. It's now 30 years, we still haven't finished paying the loan and it's still a lot of money. We borrow <laughs> so that we can finish that one. So that's one other reason that we, we borrow. There are probably other reasons. If you know any, any of them, please comment and let me know. <laughs> All right, so who decides how much we can borrow? So ideally, um, and you know, who decides how much we can borrow, who approves it, and when is this done? So every year, you know, Treasury would propose how much we should borrow based on all the needs of government that, that government needs to spend. Um, and so they would develop something we call a medium term debt strategy paper and this document would list down how much government has borrowed in the past three years they would tell us how it has been spent and how it is being repaid and then it would estimate how much the government is planning to borrow for the next three years and and how we plan to use it and also how we plan to repay it and then this document is presented before parliament on the every year by the 14th of February. So it is submitted there so that, you know, Parliament can contribute uh, through its own contributions, through the members. It's also subjected to public participation. Uh, and then for a this is done for a period of two weeks and then it is done and approved by 1st of March every year. So, <laughs> so basically, who decides how much we borrow? Treasury proposes how much we borrow but parliament is the one who approves and decides how much we can borrow. So parliament is very strong in this case because they, they're the ones who set how much is the limit for what we can borrow. Like it's not just an open check. 
they set a limit of how much you can borrow and then every year they they sit and scrutinize what treasury is proposing to borrow and then they approve it so your mp is the most important person in this process <laughs> so if we're looking at it now we are about in april um all our debt has all our loans have been decided by march last year unless of course in very uh, unique cases such as in a pandemic which we are in right now all right so what is the impact of borrowing so there are both positive and negative impacts of borrowing so let's start with the positive because we like to be positive so some positive things about borrowing is that you know government borrows to invest in projects that are supposed to help our economy grow that's a good thing especially if we can't afford it there's no reason why we should not take uh, good debt so that we invest in a good thing and then it turns out to be beneficial so borrowing is a it can be a good thing and pretty much all the countries in the world are in debt so <laughs> you might you might wonder oh are we borrowing too much how can we measure if uh, if we are over borrowing in summary it's just to say that you know you can't really say we are over borrowing or we are under borrowing all this depends on how we are using the debt uh, how we are using the loans that we are accumulating and whether or not it, that process is being beneficial so you know a way of measuring debt is something like if we look at the debt as a percentage of gdp gdp is gross domestic product <laughs> which is all the income that we 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 get in our country within our borders. So as we speak now, um Kenya's debt to GDP ratio is at about 66.4% as of 2020. Is that a good thing? That's debatable. <laughs> About you know, it's debatable because it just depends on how these loans are being used. Uh, a lot of times people compare countries like oh, you know, this country has more and it's it's you know there's a we have famously had the president talking about Japan's debt to GDP ratio being about 100% of their GDP <coughs> which is significantly higher than ours uh, debt I'm not in Japan so I'm not Japan's about Japan. debt Kenya. is over 100% of their GDP Japan okay all right but um you know it's it is important to note that it's not realistic to compare uh, Kenya's debt with countries like Japan or the states or the UK um and this is the reason why because of uh, the the next point which I'm going to talk about is because of the conditions that the loans come with so <laughs> what do we mean by conditions and requirements just like how you would go take a loan in the bank the bank will measure what is the risk that uyumtu atatrudisha pesa zetu same thing even with countries institutions that offer places that offer loans they check are you able to pay your loan and based on the risk your conditions will definitely be different your requirements will definitely be different and so some of those conditions are what actually impact um countries so So yeah, so now let's talk about those conditions. Obviously we borrow from different places. Uh, we borrow we borrow internally. <laughs> Kenya's government borrows from banks within Kenya and other institutions. Um secondly, we borrow between countries. So we can have a loan between like directly with China for example. That's a loan between Kenya and China. It's a loan between countries. And then it could also be a loan between Kenya 
and other multinational institutions. Now, this institutions is, is like the IMF or the World Bank. Now, based on where we get the loans, we will have different sets of conditions for those loans. So, for example, um, with the loans that we took with China for projects such as the SGR or the Thicker Road Superhighway, um, one of the conditions that we had was that for, for those projects, uh, that work would only be done by Chinese companies. And so that's why you saw China, Wu Yi, <laughs> all those companies that were Chinese will cotton on. It was part of the requirement of the loan. So that's one, one set of requirements. Um, in cases where we've borrowed from institutions, they would have a different set of requirements. So institutions like the IMF would actually require us, like would touch on how we run government as part of the requirements. Um, and one of the ways they do this is through something they call structural adjustment programs. Uh, now these conditions, they go to the extent of, these conditions within these programs, they go to the extent of dictating how much government spends on specific things, you know, how much, where does government put some of its money in the name of removing these countries from poverty. <laughs> So, you know, but studies have been done that, you know, some of these conditions have actually left different countries at a worse off place than they originally were. And I'll attach some of the do some documents for you to read if you want to read more about that. And I'll give you an example of how some something like that has happened. So, as an example, <laughs> in Kenya, uh, we can look at something like the housing sector. So, back in the day, government actually used to allocate money for building houses for for affordable housing that's what they used to call it and you might see some of these houses in places like Ukenda, like place Kamaburu, some places in Isili, uh, along Jogorod you'll find some of the houses that were built by government back back in the day like in the 60s and the 70s but then uh, because of some loans that government took some of the conditions were that government should stop investing in things like that because they, they took a lot of money. Uh, so government would stop investing in things like that and then prioritize that kind of funding to repay back the debt. And they would do this, they would encourage government to allow private sector to take over such, um, such projects of affordable housing. Now, over a period of time, this became a problem because there was a big gap in provision of affordable housing. So, because maybe the housing is only uh, available through private sector, so it's expensive for average people. And therefore, because of this and other issues involved, you would find slums would grow, you know, because of the, the need for affordable housing that is not being met by government, which was doing this initially. And so that causes a whole other problem. And you see, in trying to eradicate poverty, it kind of almost perpetuates poverty. That's just one case. In some cases like healthcare and education, back in the day, government actually used to do a lot in that sector. And you'd find things like Maziwayanyayo, you know, the quality of education was really good at the time. And even healthcare was quite good at the time. But because of some of the requirements of the loans that we took in the 80s and the 90s, um, it forced government to stop investing in this kind of, in these sectors, in the healthcare, in education. And therefore, this would affect people directly because at the time, before education was free, 
uh, they would have to pay you know parents would have to pay more patients would have to pay more uh, government would be would be restricted from even employing more teachers employing more doctors and therefore it would really affect the quality of education even up to now um, government is still limited in in investing in, in sectors like education for example and yet education is supposed to be free um, and so it, it just leaves a little bit of a gap that you know puts the quality of that education in jeopardy and this is as a result of conditions of loans that we took so so those are some of the the issues that we have and these are not issues that are unique to kenya they're actually in most african countries that have received that are beneficiaries of these loans uh, in countries in asia that are developing and even some parts of south america and so those are some of the negative implications of loans and then in addition to those conditions now we also have corruption in kenya so which is a whole it makes the whole situation worse so so yeah so loans can be beneficial but they can also have really negative uh, impacts on the on the country and on economies in general Right. So now that we've talked about all of this, what is the point of this? <laughs> so I just want us to note that the most powerful um, institution in this whole process is actually parliament. They are the ones who determine how much we borrow uh, and when we borrow and where we borrow from. And so it's important for parliament to be an independent institution, independent of the, the executive. So they make decisions for you because you know they they can't keep asking every kenyan what we think about every individual loan and that's why you vote for representatives who will sit who we pay <laughs> to sit there and scrutinize this document so that we know that we're getting a fair deal and so it would be an interesting issue to take up with your mp imagine mulize <laughs> ask them every time you see your, if you see your mp online ask them don't don't let them complain on twitter about debt like the rest of you they are the ones who are responsible for figuring out how debt should work for us and so these are some of the questions you could ask them you know what is their opinion about debt you know what loans did they approve they approved some loans in march which ones are those that they approved what are the conditions of those loans your mp is your voice in that house and that is a person we should keep accountable so you should have that in mind even as we vote in the next election that this person is going to do this kind of work for you and so yes this has been our episode about government debt if you have a question please put it down in the in the comments let's let's have a conversation about this if you'd like more information about this i've, I've linked a few documents on the description uh, a few videos as well to continue to explain more about what debt is so just have a look um and let me know what you think let me know what you think about this episode let me know what else you'd like us to discuss um and yeah so for those of you who haven't liked this video and subscribe to this channel please do and please share um, and i'll see you all in the next episode thank you bye